Welcome to the Living Strategically Podcast. We are Reed and Elizabeth Hewitt, a husband and wife team that lives in South Texas. For our day jobs, we are communications consultants, and we also run Living Strategically. Where we're all about helping you strategically pursue your God-given purpose and make the most of your time on earth. Thank you for joining us for this third episode of our current series, where we're studying what the Bible says about stewardship and how Christians are to manage money and possessions. In today's episode, we are going to ask ourselves, do we have enough? And how can Christians find true and lasting happiness? The story is told of an oil tycoon back in the day who was asked if his net worth had reached a billion dollars. Billion with a B. With a B. And he replied, I suppose so, but remember, a billion doesn't go as far as it used to. Isn't that just how people are? It seems like enough is never enough. As Christians, we have to eventually realize that it's not about a number. The answer can be found in one word, contentment. At Living Strategically, we define contentment as the attitude of gratefully accepting what God gives while gracefully releasing what he withholds. And contentment has several building blocks. First of all, love allows us to put others first and de-emphasize our own desires. Joy and peace are also building blocks of contentment. Finding these in God releases us from seeking them in possessions. Patience, because even when we want a good thing, we can't always have it now. That's practicing delayed gratification. Faith is another important building block of contentment because we must believe that God will provide what we need. And finally, self-control keeps our wants in check. And if those character traits sound familiar, that's because they are all found in the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians 5, 22 and 23. A life lived in the Holy Spirit will bear those traits, and those traits collectively result in contentment. They are the building blocks, if you will, and contentment is the house. They are the fruit, and as I like to say, contentment is the fruit salad. And you may be thinking, well, that's all well and good, fruit of the Spirit, great. But it doesn't make contentment any easier, and that's true. And that's been the case from the beginning. Humans were created to want things, good things like knowledge, food, and fellowship, those desires motivate us to learn, to work, and love our neighbors. But we run into trouble when our desires get focused on the wrong objects. Adam and Eve listened to the serpent's lie that they would find ultimate fulfillment in the forbidden fruit. Genesis 3 verse 6 says, When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate, and she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. So let's apply that to current day life in American culture. For one thing, many Americans live a consumptive lifestyle. Uh, that's shown by the enormous accumulation of possessions. I mean, how many people can even park their car in their garage these days? Right? <laughs> so true. John Piper calls it accumulations of comforts. But... As a consequence of that, our culture is drowning in debt, with consumer debt in the trillions of dollars, and that's trillions with a capital T. The four main areas of debt for an American household 
include mortgages, auto loans, student loans, and the biggie credit cards. And all of those forms of debt collectively uh, create an artificial standard of living that's really not sustainable. We have access to far greater purchasing power than any generation before us. But why do we need to own so much? Is it really a necessity? We have to ask ourselves, are there lifestyle changes that God wants us to personally make in our own lives? Do we need to redefine what it takes for us to be content? Here's some things that you can use to test yourself. One, do you trust God for your provision or do you maintain control? Two, are you wearing yourself out to gain wealth? Three, do you have more than you need and more than your family needs, but at the end of the day, you still feel unsatisfied? I wanna share a quote by Ron Blue, who's a Christian financial advisor. He wrote the book, Master Your Money, and I really recommend it. Quote, no financial principle can have a greater impact on you or free you up more than this truth. Money is not the key to contentment. Contentment has everything to do with your relationship with God and nothing to do with your money. Once you are free from the love of money and the pursuit of it, you can have a lot or a little and be content all the same. At that point, you have learned the secret to contentment." End quote. To find contentment, we must prioritize our relationship with God. We've got to get our priorities straight, and that means seeking after God's will for our lives and following His design. So let's explore some Bible verses on the topic of money and possessions. First up, Ecclesiastes 5 verse 10, He who loves money will not be satisfied with money nor he who loves abundance with its income. This too is vanity. Now in writing Ecclesiastes, Solomon is pretty much cataloging everything under the sun that is vanity, that's worthless, that's an empty pursuit. And this topic certainly does not escape his attention. Um, he was someone who absolutely knew what it meant to have wealth beyond anyone's wildest dreams and he still came to this conclusion. So I think it's safe to say that none of us could ever find true fulfillment in accumulating wealth. We should just take it from Solomon. That's not the path to happiness. Our next passage is in Deuteronomy chapter eight, verses 11 through 14 and 17 and 18. It says, "'Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God "'by not keeping his commandments and his ordinances "'and his statutes, which I am commanding you today. Otherwise, when you have eaten and are satisfied and have built good houses and lived in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold multiply and all that you have multiplies, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And then in 17, it says, otherwise you may say in your heart, my power and the strength of my hand made me hit this wealth. Verse 18 says, But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you power to make wealth, that he may confirm his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. That's such a clear expression of the reality that 
what we have, even our ability to earn a living comes from God. And it also highlights that accumulating wealth just for the sake of wealth is, is dangerous. Uh, it turns our attention and our hearts away from God. And sometimes I think we have to realize when God doesn't give us the material things that maybe we want, maybe he knows better than we do that we wouldn't be able to uh, hold up under that temptation. He knows that it's better for our soul to not have wealth distracting us from him. And also, life doesn't consist of our possessions. We read in Luke 12, verse 15, Then Jesus said to them, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. Again, Jesus is just pointing out that we're not going to find fulfillment in stuff. If we want to find contentment, we have to look at where true abundance does come from, which is found by abiding in him and seeking his will and his kingdom first. And then our final passage, it's a very well-known one. It's from 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 through 10 and 17 through 19. But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. For we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. If we have food and covering, with these we shall be content. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires, which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil, and some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. There's so much wisdom in those verses. And what it all comes down to is that contentment is not about a number, like we said at the beginning. It's not about achieving a specific amount of wealth. It's not about avoiding wealth. It's about the attitude of the heart that whatever God blesses you with, that you are thankful and content with that. Now, we've talked about a lot of spiritual realities when it comes to contentment, but I want to share some concrete ideas on how you can build up contentment in your life. I think one of the best ways that you can do that is to go on a, a mission trip or serve in some ministry activity where you get to serve people who are less fortunate than you, who have less material wealth in their lives. Because when you go and you see how people live and that oftentimes they can be content or they can find joy, even in a situation where they lack a lot of the things that we take for granted, that adjusts your perspective. Just like comparing yourself with someone who has a lot more than you can create discontentment. When you go and you serve someone who has less than you, 
it recalibrates our priorities and and how we see what we do have. Going on a mission trip like that is a great antidote to the prosperity gospel kind of ideas that are out there, because if someone's teaching something about uh, wealth and prosperity that doesn't work for the church worldwide, you know, if it only works for the American church, it's not biblical. Uh, And you can go and you can see people who are living by faith because that's all they have. And they're not blessed with a super abundance of money just raining down from heaven, but God takes care of them. And that's an attitude that we need to have. And that's what all of the scriptures that we've read are warning about, that money can block our ability to rely on God because we start to trust in money. We start to love money instead of loving God. Uh, Money can very easily become an idol in our lives, especially in a culture that prizes wealth above all else and is constantly telling you, you need to buy more, you need to have more, your status, the what people think of you is all tied up in your, uh, the car you drive, the clothes you wear, all of these material possessions. The Bible gives us completely the opposite view. The Lord says that man looks at the outward appearance, but he looks at the heart. And above all else, we want our heart to be pleasing to God. And contentment is a starting point of having an attitude of the heart that pleases God. Those possessions will never satisfy our desires because the Bible says our lives do not consist of our possessions. And the Bible warns that we can fall into ruin and destruction if we seek after riches. If we want to take hold of that which is life indeed, that we need to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, as it says in Matthew 6.33. We want to challenge you, just like we want to challenge ourselves, to prioritize the things that truly matter in life, to be focused on heaven, because then the things of this world will lose their hold on us. And to ask ourselves, can we say that we have enough, that we are satisfied? If not, it's time to prioritize the Lord's will in our lives and to start following his wisdom found in the Bible. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We've enjoyed having you here. And we're going to link to some more resources in the description below so that you can read up more on contentment and what the Bible says about money. And in the meantime, you can visit us online at livingstrategically.com or you can email us at podcast at livingstrategically.com. All right, y'all, until next time. Keep living strategically. Strategically.